even though the worship seems to have ended. Keep, keep that worship in your heart, church. Let the words resonate in your heart. The Bible says making melody in your heart. God is here. God is here. God is here with us. Hallelujah, church. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. Give the Lord a clap offering as you sit down. Thank you. Wow, suddenly I saw this, le- this blackboard. I thought I'm going to do a lesson now. I thought I was back in school. Sonny's the teacher, is it? Sonny's going to do some teaching. <laughs> Praise the Lord, church. Good to be with you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Love you guys. Hope you really enjoy the service. It's not so much the enjoyment, but may you find encouragement through it. Amen? God is a good God. And we are going through this. This year is going to be a tough year. There's a lot of crisis, challenges, interest rates going up, cost of living going up. People are looking at job retrenchment. No end. There's no end to a lot of things that will happen. Amen? Everything seems to be against the flow that we are going. But let me assure you, God is still in control. Amen? The Bible says nothing happens in this life that we live without the knowledge of God. God knows everything. Amen? God knows everything even to the minute detail. The Bible says He knows how many hairs on your head. Easy to count mine, quite difficult to count yours. <laughs> Amen? I can count mine, but God knows every hair. Listen, of the 7 billion people that live on planet Earth, our God knows every hair on your head. What a God. What a God we have who cares for the minute details of our lives. I don't think as a mom and dad, you know how many hairs is on your daughter's head. We don't. And we don't want to know because it's of no importance. Amen? But God takes everything of our life as an importance. Give the Lord a clap of free. Come on, guys. This morning, I've been given the task of 1 Samuel 22, 6 to 23. Pastor Agus gives me good assignments. This one is a really thriller. This is a thriller. This one, if made into a movie, it will be a box office one. And this portion of scripture talks about the hunter and the hunted. Amen? Somebody is being hunted by somebody else. And when I read it, I said, ooh, hunted and hunted. David, a little shepherd boy, not much of a physique, not much of a personality, was up against Mr. Personality himself, Saul. The Bible says Saul was tall and huge. David was just as small and David smells like the sheep. So when he's with the sheep, sometimes they don't know if it's David or the sheep. But David now is in a crisis of his life. David is running. David is the running man. And Saul is the chasing man. And if you read that portion, it's, I think, 18 verses that we have. 
It's a lot of stories, a lot of facts are in there, but I'm going to summarize that story and bring the lesson for you. Is that okay? Otherwise, if I go through, then you will have uh, dinner tonight. Yeah. But in this story, I cannot comprehend. I myself, when I read it, I said, how can Saul, Saul, chase David? You know why? Saul was a man anointed and blessed by God to be the king. Saul was picked up in the thousands of people there. The word of God came to Samuel. Samuel, go, this is the one. This is the one that will be the king of Israel. And Saul was handpicked. He found favor in the eyes of God. You know, when you go for a job, if you are what they call it, handpicked, you know how good it is? They target you, they want you, they offer you what you need. They get headhunters to go and look for you. Isn't that true? David was headhunted, you know, sorry, Saul was headhunted by God. God chose Saul to be his king in Israel. The question I have is this, how can Saul, a man of God, turn to be a man against God? Maybe some of us are Saul. Some of us have been fervent with God. God, you prayed, God gave you a job, God gave you your PR, God gave you everything. And suddenly, now, you forgot Him. I'm sure you go on Facebook, you go on Google, you go on YouTube, you see lots of testimonies of people who are walking away from their faith. People who made it up in the ladder of music, made it up in the movie world, made it today turn their backs on God and walk away. Maybe some of you sitting here could be or are in it. I don't know. I don't intend to pinpoint. I didn't, don't intend to. But I'm just drawing the lesson from Saul. Saul was a king. Selected, chosen, anointed even to be the king. And what happened to this king? Why has he come down so low? And he's chasing who? David. You know why he's chasing David? David was his competitor now. Saul saw David as a competitor because the people were praising David. David is a wise man. David was a warrior. David, 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 and Saul was no more Saul, Saul, Saul. You know, the heart of man is so evil. We are very vengeful people. When somebody does better than us, we get upset. We scheme a way to bring him down. The Bible says, rejoice with those that are above. But we cannot rejoice with revenge. David, Saul's heart, Saul's heart has been changed. And so this chapter talks about the chase. The chase begins. And Saul is so desperate that he wants to kill David. He wants to kill his whole family and wipe them out. The evil of Saul's heart has risen so high. 
he was hunting David. I don't know about you, but let me tell you, every day you are hunted. You are hunted every day by the enemy. The enemy wants to bring you down, destroy your testimony, destroy your Christian faith. He leads you into temptation. He leads you there so that when you fall, he can lift up the victory and say, you are defeated. Do you know that, church? Doesn't mean you prayed one time. No, you got to continually preserve and protect your life. The higher you go in your faith, the closer to God, the enemy intensifies his attack on you. He wants your soul. He wants your life. He wants to destroy the testimony of God. Therefore, every day, seek God. Seek God. Seek God. This morning, I woke up forth. Before I come to church, I like to wake up early. I seek God. What do you want to do, Lord? What do you want me to say? What do you... I seek God. I know I am constantly under the pump. Physically, my health, my wife, constantly I am under the pump. Physically, humanly speaking, it's hard for me. But when I engage into the spiritual realm, then I know it's not I but Him. Saul went all the way to kill David. He was so determined and driven that he was not going to stop until he drew blood from David. And David ran. David ran and sought solitaire and solitudeness in a place called Adullam. If you know Adullam, any of you been to Israel? I visited the caves of Adullam. Adullam, the cave of Adullam is a place of refuge. David was not a coward. He was not running away because he was afraid. He was running away because he didn't want to harm Saul. Saul intended to harm him. If you read the story, David came so close to Saul, he cut his garments to leave a message, I won't touch you. Because David said this, I will not touch the anointed of the Lord. That was a man, that was a man of integrity, David, eh? Saul has lost it. He lost it already. And so David ran. God led him to a place called Adullam. Have you been to the cave? How many of you love, love to live in caves? Maybe sell your bungalow house, go to the bungalow cave. I was in Adullam. The cave doesn't have much fresh air. It's a bit of a stench. Closed up. You don't have air condition or heaters. You don't have cable vision. You don't have electronic gadgets to play your games. But David was led there. The Lord led David there. You know, friend, this morning we read the Psalms 130. Where's the... There's, Psalms 130, right? In your distress, you run. You know, we need to find our Adulam. Today, we don't have to go to a cave. You know who is your refuge? Jesus is your refuge. When you are in a crisis, run to Jesus. Don't run to Google. Don't run to YouTube. 
Don't run to Facebook. There's nothing, not many nice faces on the book. Some of the faces I don't want to see. Run to the Lord. Run to God. God is our refuge. Amen? God is our refuge. God is there. David ran because David knew that Adulam was a place designated by God for him. You have a church. This is your designated place. Amen? How many of you every Sunday go to different churches? Don't put your hand up. You're in trouble. You find one place and you commit to one place. That's what we call loyalty. Amen? But if you are running like a chicken every Sunday, that's disloyal. So David ran to the place Adulam. It's not anybody passes nowhere that place. But David was directed to go there. If you read the story, continue on. David runs into the cave. His father, his mother, his brothers all come there. Collectively, 400 people go into the cave because Saul was going to kill the whole family. You know, when men become evil, when the heart of men become evil, see how much damage they can do. Not only you, they take your family down, your loved ones, your extended family. David's extended family went into the cave. You know, it's a simple thing. When you do bad, you bring your family down. Eh? If you commit theft, robbery, murder, your name is on TV, your whole family is affected. Your family, your extended family is affected. Your friends is affected. The effect is like a ripple. It goes bigger. Likewise, if you do good, it's the same effect. Saul was going to do damage. Saul's intent, he was, what they call this collateral damage, huh? he was going to do damage. But little did Saul know that God was protecting David. Amen? Because God was leading him. God was bringing people to him. God was bringing informers and who carry messages and are telling David what's the situation out there. Isn't that good? God is better than all the Wi-Fi you have. True or not? He's better. He knows how to contact. He knows how to connect. He knows who you need. While David was running, but you know, it's sad to come to a stage like that when you're on the run. You're running and running and looking back, not looking forward. You're always looking back to see who's catching up with you. Some of us, I came from a background where I worked with drug addicts. Huh? And they live their lives looking back, whether the cops are coming, whether the dealers that they've cheated is coming after them. They're constantly looking back. The day they get released from that, they can look forward and run their life. Amen? David was running. Listen, David was not running from a sin or a problem he created. David did not create this issue. Amen? It was Saul having an issue with him. Many times we say this, Pastor, I didn't do anything, but that person doesn't like me. Have you ever thought that? Some people just don't like your face. 
Don't put on Facebook then. Don't put your face. Some people don't like your face. Or don't like your name. One day somebody asked me, why is your name Miso? Have you ever had somebody ask you, why is your name Miso? And I look at the lady and I said, why not? Why not? Why? She said, you don't look like Japanese. I said, I never said I was Japanese. She said, you have a soup Miso. I said, I don't have a soup. That's what you think, I said. I don't have. But people don't like your name. I felt like telling her, you should have talked to my mother before she gave me the name. I don't. But sometimes people pick offense for little things. I don't like the way you smile. I don't like the way you talk. I don't like you because in class you, you act like you're the smartest. They find faults with you. Amen. The other day I was on the train with my wife. We went to the city. On the train you can meet a bit of weirdos sometimes. Huh? And I'm sitting with my wife. I'm wearing a shades. And this guy walked past me and he looked. And I, and I tapped my wife. I said, something's not good. Maybe he doesn't like my hairstyle. Maybe my head was too reflective to him. I don't know what's going on, I said. <laughs> he just looked at me and he walked. And then he murmured. And he went. And then he walked back again. And I'm saying, I'm going to count how many times he's going to walk before he talked to me. Eh? He just walked. And then he walked to the other cabin. He went. And then he came back again. Then he looked at me and said, where are you going? He just, I'm sitting, where are you going? I asked him, where are you going? Then he walked backwards. So he's gone backwards now. And then he walked, for no reason. Then we reached the station. I stood up. I think when I stood up, he saw my size actually. Eh? Then he looked at me and I said, do you want to go with me? He said, no, I'm going there. I said, why did you ask me a question? Where am I going? You're not the train conductor? People don't know for some reason. Then one of the guys who came out at me said, man, he probably doesn't like your hairstyle. <laughs> I look at him and said, don't start trouble with me. Man, but for no reason he walking. So I was thinking, there are a lot of people, for some reason they're going through in life, they pick on you. Maybe your color, maybe the sound of your speech, the way, just for some little thing, they can cause a massive issue with you. Isn't that true? We live in a funny world, huh? And so David didn't have any problem. David was rising in fame because God brings promotion in your life. Amen? God was promoting David. He fought Goliath. He fought this. He brought the... Saul became jealous now. Because one small shepherd boy brought down a big Goliath. So sometimes your popularity and what becomes a bane to somebody. Amen? Nevertheless, keep going. David never said, David didn't fight with Saul. Didn't call him out for a boxing match. No! David went on. In this whole story, there are some lessons I want to pull out. And I want to pull out three things that really resonates in my heart, really allowed me to see when I'm in a crisis, how should I respond? You know, normally when you are chased, you go somewhere, you get your gang to chase him now. Isn't that true? You chase me today, tomorrow I chase you. Next week you chase me, I chase you. So we keep going chasing one another. But David did something that is a very godly thing. David did something that shows us David relied and trusted in God. Amen? Number one, 
David sought refuge. Remember this word, refuge, in Adulam. In your crisis of life, don't react irrationally. Find a place where you can sit down, cool yourself, and act rationally. There's two kinds of, when we are under attack, either we respond or we react. You know what is reaction? You slap me, I slap you. That's reaction. React, respond is you slap me, I think twice, why did this happen? This, Jesus says in the Bible, if, if, if someone slap you, let him slap the other cheek, right? If he take your shirt, give him the jacket. He didn't say, he take your shirt, you bang him and take the jacket. No, he said, you respond. Many times we are very reactionary. We react. And then we lose our testimony. That person doesn't, but we. Then you regret, you feel bitter, you feel sad. He said, no, don't react. Get to Adulam. I will meet you in Adulam. Go there. Adulam is God's meeting place with David. From all the running and the hecticness, David went to the cave. God met him there. And in that cave, God brought 400 people. What a support. Encouragement. Giving confidence and assured him things will be okay. You know, when you are single, you become fearful. When you have a bit of crowd, it eliminates a lot of fear. Isn't that true? Because we are, we are human beings or homo sapiens that cannot handle loneliness. We need one another. Adam was the only one who could handle loneliness. But he thought, then God looked at him and said, Hey, Adam, I feel sorry for you, man. You're lonely. You're talking to the dogs, the cats, and the tigers, you know. What are you talking to them? He said, I'll give you a, what? Helpmate. Wives and women are helpmates, not sexmates. Huh? Can I say that clearly once more? Helpmates. And that, that's where they knew what is friendship and relationship. Saul chased David to the cave. 400 came in. David had the time, sat down. David asked them what's going on. They told him what. They came and updated him on the situation outside. He sought refuge. Church, today, many of us seeking refuge and help in the wrong place. Don't go out there, please. Don't go on Google. Don't make Google your first response. Don't go on YouTube. Don't, all these are not necessary. Go to God first. You know, I, I was telling this morning service, go to God first. Let God direct you to the people. Don't go to the people and ask them, no, go to God first. I always told my kids, when you're in trouble in school, you come and see dad and mom. If I can do, I'll handle it. If I cannot, I'll seek assistance. But know who to go for help. David ran to there and he met God. You know, if you didn't create the trouble, God will meet you. Even if you created the trouble, God will be there to help you. Isn't that nice to have a God like that? Eh? You cause the trouble, now you ask me to defend you. Then I ask you to help you. 
David ran to refuge. You know, today most of us need a place of refuge to sit down, review, realign, refresh, revive. Oh God, in that presence of you, I can find all this into the soul of my being. Realign me, Lord. What am, what's happening? I, I've, lost, I've lost the plot, Lord. What's going on? R- refresh me, Lord. Realign me back. David was good. The Lord was going to realign David back to his calling. Refresh. As the deer panted for the water, so your heart. Eh? You know, the deer doesn't drink water once a month, every day. How many of you drink water once a month? Your kidneys will give trouble. Eh? I know maybe you drink more beer than water. But every day, be refreshed. Be revived. Every day, drink of the living water, church. Drink it. It costs you no money. It's so free. You buy water bottle, it's expensive now. Yesterday, I was in the city with Auntie Anne. We went walking. It's a Saturday. I said, let's go. We haven't been to the city during COVID. Just to fill up the water, some people don't let you fill up the water. I said, what the hell? Water is free. See, I told the lady, what the hell? She said, no, no, this is our cafe. I said, but the water is not your cafe. It's coming from Australia, I said. Why cannot drink free water? Then the lady, the one, I think she said, this, maybe she thought, this guy is mad already, eh? deranged already in the hot sun. No, like, water you cannot give. And I said, you go to the Bible, he gives you water more than you can drink. You know, I, I, get, I get very upset when certain things people want to control. Like, water is... Why you cannot drink water? Then the lady looked at me, didn't say anything. I just fill up the bottle, I walk. I didn't steal. I fill up... If everybody's me taking the water, I didn't go to the toilet and hide. Huh? But water, I was thirsty. I just asked, I want to fill up my bottle. She wants me to buy a bottle. I was wanted to tell her, okay, why don't you put the water in my bottle, then I buy the bottle. But... But here the word of God is free. Church, drink every day. Drink. It quenches, it cleanses, it purifies, it strengthens you. David went there. He found refuge. Please remember your God in times of trouble. Call upon him. The David was going through severe depression. You know that? He was distressed. He was disappointed because the king turned against him. He was desolate. He didn't know what to do. Amen? Seek refuge. Number two, David not only went there for refuge, David actually went there to fulfill. God brought him there. Is God brought David to be recharged. 400 people were there to recharge. David, it's okay. They told him, yes, Saul is doing this. Saul has got this person. Saul is... They came to Richard knowing David would have... You know, I don't know about you, but I would have lost my faith in that situation. Huh? Why am I being persecuted? Why am I being targeted? What did, why? The why, why, why will drain you of your faith. Isn't that true? When you go through a crisis, you ask why. Huh? Why, 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 why? Until you're drained. God was going. You know, some of you need recharging for 2023. This is a year you better charge your batteries. This is a year you better connect well. This is the year if you don't recharge, you're not going to see through the year. 
This year I'm 72. Eh? I also recharge every day. Eh? Just telling this morning, aunt, my, um, some of you know, call her Auntie Anne. I call her my wife. Eh? If I call Auntie Anne, she'll scold me. But <laughs> one day I accidentally called Auntie Anne. And my kids said, Daddy, that's not your auntie, that's your wife. I said, of course, I know. But, you know, just a few days ago, we received from the doctor the clearance that she's in semi-remission. The doctor gave us a letter when she had the cancer. He said, two years. I still hold that letter. I can sell to the newspaper. He said, termination, two years. Last week, five years. We have never gone crazy looking for help. We just said, God gave us a good oncologist. God gave us good help. Many of the Christian churches helped us. We kept straight. Yeah. I don't believe in a lot of what Facebook say about cancer. I told, my, I told Auntie Anne, we walk what God has called us. Five years. And we reviewed. And to celebrate yesterday, after she got good news, I thought she wanted to bring me for lunch. <laughs> she bought me one sushi. I said, why one? She said, we celebrate one sushi. I said, never mind. If that's the Lord's gift, I eat the sushi. Huh? I'm not a sushi fan. But, but you know, when I looked at it, I said, five years. You, you times five years with 52 weeks a year with 365 days. It's a long haul. It's looking back now, I can say five years. When we were going through it, was like 500 years. God never failed. You may go through, I don't know, I pray you don't, but we all have a designated journey that we must go through. And I don't know what is lurking around the corner, but I know I'll go on. I still won't. I won't look back. I won't run. I'll walk my life. But be careful, friend. There's an enemy that wants to destroy you. David's enemy was Saul. The devil came into the life of Saul to kill David. Be refreshed. Church, listen to this word. Refuge for refreshment. Listen, refuge is for refreshment of my heart. You go to a petrol station to refill your car, is it? The place of refuge was a refreshment. David was going to connect now and God was going to pump into David enough of faith. Like I always say, Auntie Anne and me went through what we needed, I know we needed finances, we were down, but we needed an injection of God's faith. Yeah. For faith, without faith, you can't please God. Yeah. Without faith, you can't wake up to life. Without faith, you are dead, done, out. Faith, listen church, we're going to go through 2023. Start charging your faith now. Young people, old people, middle age, age does not matter. You're going to walk this life. I'm so glad to hear that the youth leaders had a time. I always look at camp as revival, refreshment, recharging, realignment for the Lord out there. I do that myself on my own. I don't have a camp, but every year I'll do that. I realign. You know, you drive your car, check your alignment. Eh? When you drive long time, you don't know the tires have gone. Your alignment is out and it damages your car. When you realign, you get a better drive. I walk with faith in alignment. Amen? 
David when David ran there in the fear, in the anxiety, he ran there. We have Jesus to run to, hallelujah. Anytime, 24-7, better than 7-Eleven. So anytime, 24, the best Wi-Fi. You talk to God, the lights are never jammed, never loaded. Anytime, He'll answer you and talk to you, amen? God is there. Go for recharging, friend. Thirdly, from this lesson that I want to share with you before I go off is this. Not only a refuge and realignment, God brought David, refreshed him, and God made David ready. David needed to be ready to go out of the cave and take the throne because God was going to put David on the king's throne. Amen? David was going to be the king. And the, the moral of the story is this. Every time you want to climb, something wants to bring you down. Amen? Every time you want to go up, something wants to take you down. Be mindful. David was ready. After he went through and he did all, he said this, David said this, huh? I will not touch the anointed of the Lord. David made a resolution to God, I will not kill Saul, I will not harm him, I will not touch him, I will not do anything, Lord. Revenge is yours. David was going to become king. And that's why the Lord said, David, listen, is a man after my own heart. The heart. David proved himself. This morning I was telling the church, I have got track record, I love to train leaders, I've got many leaders I've trained, brought up, gone to different churches. I have these five C's, five C's, huh? copyrighted, but you can use, don't worry. I'll only give you the gist of it. I run on these five C's. Whenever anybody talks to me, Pastor Michelle, I think I, got a, I want to be a leader. I think I want... Anything. Uh, first thing I ask, sit down, have a coffee. Now talk to me. What is your calling? I want to lead worship. How do you know that's your calling? Because I can sing well. That's, a, that's not a good answer. I can play music. That's not a good answer. Satan plays the best music, Lucifer. Right? How? And I said, Pastor Michel, I don't know what. Okay, I said, go back. Look up, pray, ask God, what's your calling? How do I define in words, in tangible words, my calling? Two things, eh? Your calling is inside. Two, your calling is visible outside. Yeah, have you heard people say, somebody told me the other day, that, that one is good. I said, well, he's really got the heart to worship and lead. To me, that's a confirmation of your calling. The body must see your calling. Calling is a public thing. It starts from inside and it expresses to the public. If you're a Christian in secret, you're not safe. Eh? A Christian is visible. I mean, light to the world, right? Not darkness, light. So I always say, sit down. Let's talk on your calling. Let's work. I sat down with a leader for 17 months to work through these five points only. First, your calling. Secondly, if you have a calling, let's see your character. You say I'm called, but you listen, but you play music that is in a nightclub, and then, hey, bro, don't come to church. If you are really called for God to serve, consecrate your music to God, consecrate your skills to God. Don't half half. Think about it. God is not the God of half half, eh? all the way. 
your character. James says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you go through trials, testing, and temptation. Why? God is building a character. The character is who you are. That's the DNA of you. Resume is what you tell people you are. Full of lies. Resume, hey, come up with, I, I have done, I interview people, I say, are you sure you're this? You want me to call the church and find out? You? Hey, no, pass me, so don't. Okay, then this resume, throw in the dustbin. I don't want the resume. Character is your DNA. In circumstances, how you respond, how you react, how you do, is in the DNA of your calling. This is my character. I love the Lord. I'm not afraid to speak. This is me. If you know me, this is me. My DNA is Jesus, and Jesus, I have lived that character. That's the real test of a character. Not only when people are around, when you are alone, how do you respond? You know, I always tell people this, huh? you guys are married. Thank God you don't come under me for marriage counseling. I always tell the lady, girl, look at him, how he treats his mom first. Don't talk to me about marriage. If you cannot love your mom who is one, you'll never love your wife. There are kids who beat their mom. I, I work on the streets, huh? And I said, if you can beat your mom, you beat your wife. You beat your daughter. Because our character reveals the core of our life. The core. After the character, there are two things. I throw in two more seeds. This one bonus, huh? I look at your commitment and your conviction. Pastor Mitchell, I'm committed. Why you didn't come for prayer meeting? Oh, my friend called me to play basketball. Then you're not committed. Right? Conviction. Do you stand for this? Yeah. But I don't. I, I, I feel embarrassed. Then you're no conviction. Conviction goes beyond external embarrassments. If I stand that Jesus is Lord, that's Jesus the way. I believe I'm convicted Jesus is the only way. You can tell me all roads lead to Rome. I couldn't care two hoods. Jesus is the way. That's my conviction. If you are not convicted of your own belief, you cannot share the belief to somebody. Are you convicted that that girl is your wife? One day I did a counseling and the guy said, I don't know. Then I told the girl, you better don't sign now. He doesn't know. Conviction is the glue. Listen, conviction is the glue that glues us to our belief. Amen? You cannot remove that. No matter what. Jesus says, I love you with an everlasting. No matter what, I love you. Even if you have no faith for me, I have faith for you. Those are powerful levels of conviction. Last C, competency. That's where I teach you. When you pass this four, I put my whole life, the whole life I have of ministry, I teach you the skills and the tools of being a competent leader. It has to start with you, not me, you. Think about it. Because you know why? We are going to work for the most highest organization of this world, God's kingdom. The standards are high, church, high. The salary is low. Honestly. Low. But the expectation, the integrity the, is high. But one thing you are guaranteed, God will be with you all the way. 
That's why I was telling Pagu, I, I look for friends this way. I met Pastor Agu many years. By perchance, we got to know. And I told Auntie and I said, there's something in him that attracts me. Hey, please don't get me wrong. Huh? I'm not attracted to guys. Huh? <laughs> please don't, don't get it in your head. But something told me. Even though he's indoor, we don't speak different language. But something. And I journey with him through his cancer. Until today, that convictions, that commitment has solidified our friendship. God is looking for people like this church. Stand the storm. Ride the storm. Be truthful to what you say you are. And David had these ingredients. And that's why God sent him through the trials. And David passed and came out to be king. King David. A man after the heart of God. Not money, not position. Solomon wanted wisdom. Abraham wanted a kid. David wanted the heart of God. You want his heart? There's a high expectation. The heart of God. David passed. David was going to become the king. Hallelujah. I'm so proud. If that's my king, I will die for him. Because he was willing to die for his king. Amen? David made it true. Look at God. What is God raiding you for this year? If you are not growing, if you are stagnant, decay has come into your life. Every tree must bear its fruit. And we are known by our fruit. Amen? If you grow apple, must get apple, cannot durian. That means somebody cheated you. But then, buy fruit. So, when I look at that, I say, you know, when I read this story, I don't have notes. I don't prepare notes anymore. I don't do slides. I read and I imprint in my heart what I'm learning. Like, God, you put David, a future king, he could have died, you know. Saul would have killed him. But then I read, when God walks with you through the shadow and the valley of death, nothing and no one will touch you. Because from the valley, he came up to be the king on high, King David. So when you're going through crisis, look up. Don't look down. There's an up there for me. Amen? Amen? Love you, church. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I want you to know that everything God has for you is good and lovely. Amen? It's good and lovely, church. God loves you. Hallelujah. They come. Hallelujah. I love this, you know. My wife told me, said, it's good they do this, otherwise you won't stop. No. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. No offense. But church, let's stand to our feet. Let, let me pray for you. This 2023 is a year of uncertainties. There's so many uncertainties out there, Lord. Finances, jobs, family, mortgages, homes, people's careers and life. God, there's heaps of them, Lord. The mountains seem unsurmountable, Lord. In our natural eye and hope, Lord, we cannot, God, but we want to engage the Spirit of God into our lives. Help us, Lord. Help us meander and maneuver through all this crisis, Lord, as you would lead us with your staff. Hallelujah. I bless this church, every leader, every family, every young one, even the kids, Lord. May you rain your anointing upon them. Soak our life in the anointing waters of yours, Lord. That our lives 
our lives will be yours, Lord. Thank you for this Sunday. Thank you for the two services. Thank you for help that you give me. I can come, Lord. But thank you for the testimonies that will come out of these lives, Lord, that will bring glory to your name. Bless us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah.